Am I here first? We're trying to decide who's going to go first tonight. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually a very difficult thing to share your testimony because where do you start? And I think we'll pend in to share our testimony one of the, in one of the, the kind of uh, outside services, which we didn't quite make it for. And, uh, and so it would be, just felt it would be fitting for us to be able to do and just share something uh, tonight. And so I'm just grateful for the opportunity. And maybe I'll just share a few things about God's faithfulness. And when I look back, and we shared a few things when we came in February, and maybe a little bit about our background, I'll share just one or two things. Um, I was born to a Christian mom and dad um, in a little dusty town in Central Africa called Bulawayo. My dad was a train driver. He drove this big steam locomotives. My mom was a nurse. Uh, is, yeah, and... Uh, I'm blessed to to say that I grew up in a Christian home. I'm blessed to say that mom and dad loved Jesus and they taught us. They took us to Sunday school. Uh, We made a big move. And so this hasn't been our first big move. And I just have images of uh, um, moving from Zimbabwe to South Africa when I was nine years old. And uh, um, just, just a few weeks ago, I had flashbacks of... That very early morning on the 3rd of January in 1985, as a young boy, we had this beautiful home um, and trying to get to grips with understanding why this move was necessary. It was a difficult time those months afterwards. And I just, as we packed Julian's car on that morning, just, uh, just a few days ago, two weeks ago, and we fit all our stuff into this little, into this little jet, I just... I just had images of, of crawling up on the back seat of this big old Ford motor car that uh, mom and dad had in a caravan loaded with stuff, and that uh, V4 engine just uh, idling uneasily um, as it uh, was about to ch- take an epic journey across the continent down south to South Africa. And, um, but God is faithful. God is faithful when you make big moves like that. God is faithful when you don't know What's going to happen next? And just perhaps a year later, maybe just not quite a year later, at the age of nine years old, there was a, an evangelist that came to our church in, in South Africa. His name was Richard Green. And um, when God's Spirit works in your life, and just all those seeds of the gospel being planted into our lives, and I want to encourage parents, you may not always see what God is doing in the lives of your children. You may not be the one in the moment when they come to Christ, but the seeds that we plant into our children's lives are so important. They play a part of what God is going to do later on. And I just remember that moment of, of needing to respond to the gospel message. At the age of nine, we were sitting up in the gallery, and uh, then I just find myself just responding to an altar call. It was such a privilege years later to meet that same evangelist now in his old age um, in Cape Town when Michelle and I were first married. But God is faithful in that. And if I look back over my life, it's got nothing to do with me. How is it possible that God can take 
this little lad from a place called Bulawayo, somewhere in the middle of nowhere. You probably haven't even heard of that tonight. And here I am, and here we are, and the God has appointed us for service here in, in Sunderland. How privileged. How marvelous is God. And I thought about this verse, and I know that in a couple of weeks' time, just when we have that event on the Saturday, I've been asked to share a little bit about our journey in terms of coming here. But I want to just share something that's uh, from First Peter, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and just which has been a theme um, as we look back, and I, as I look back over various events in my life. First Peter chapter 1, reading from verse 3, says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's that statement that came out this morning as, as Paul introduces the, the gospel to the Ephesians. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance can never perish, spoil or fade, kept in heaven for you. Who, though, who through faith are being shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Then verse 6 says this. In this you greatly rejoice. And we do. And we marvel at God's saving grace. But listen to the next part of this. Though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Or suffer difficulties. And I want to tell you that even though God is gracious and he's merciful, life sometimes is not easy. I remember those months after moving to South Africa, we just left home and left everything behind, friends and pets and all sorts of things. And this massive change, mom had got a job in a children's home. And all of a sudden I had to share mom and dad with 15 other children who would come in and break into your, into, into your room and take your toys. and it was, just, it was just such a difficult time. But you know, through that, God is faithful and he is good. And it was in the midst of that time that, that I responded to the gospel message. And even if I look back and, and see time and time and time again, that when you go through a difficult time in life, that God is busy doing this thing where he's refining our faith. Where he's refining our faith. In the year 2000, I met the most amazing and beautiful young lady, and I fell head over heels in love with her. And we'll have to tell you our story. But you know, I had to wait for five years. But God did it. But that journey wasn't easy whilst I was going through that and not understanding what God is doing. Not understanding if I'm going to be single for the rest of my life or not. And yet, here we are tonight, almost 17 years and uh, two beautiful children. And then maybe just more recently, God made it clear for us that we ought to pack up and come here to Sunderland. There were times and there were days where I wasn't sure what God was doing. I wasn't sure how this was going to work out. And, and perhaps, if I'm really honest with myself, this issue of visas, was, it just looked like a mountain that was impossible. 
It just was so overwhelming. How is this going to work out? And I wrote a whole lot of scriptures on the board, and I'll share some of them with you perhaps a little bit later on. But in the midst of these last few months, I've realized that God is in the process of also refining my faith still. Because in the midst of it, in the midst of my head knowledge about God, in the midst of me knowing the scriptures, in the midst of me knowing and writing down those scriptures on the board, and I think the elders have seen those, some of those scriptures and David shared from, you know, we, we know those things, but sometimes our heart takes a little while to catch up, right? And part of the refining process is we know it, and, but we've got to put it into place. We've got to trust God even if we don't see. And when we started packing in the middle of May, just shortly after we said, yes, we believe that God is calling, we started packing some faith. We called them faith boxes. I've got a, we've got a little orange book. It's called Faith Boxes. We started packing, and the first box that I packed was a box of, of the books that if I could just bring one box with me, when I think about the ministry and I think about what God is calling us, I pulled some books from the bookshelves and I thought these, these perhaps would be the most valuable books. And I packed that. That's box number one. And do you know what? Those boxes arrived this week. And I could pack more than just the one box and that was great. <laughs> but if I have a testimony that even in the midst of you know you've got to do something and you just don't know how it's going to work out. That we can trust God. And sometimes your heart is like, wow, this is overwhelming. We've just got to keep on looking to Jesus as Hebrew tells, Hebrews tells us. Look to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And this is exactly it here. As, as Peter writes and says, no... Though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief and various kinds of trials. And maybe some of us will never have to suffer the kinds of trials that Peter's hearers suffered in those churches in Asia Minor. They were persecuted so, so greatly for the gospel as he was writing to them. Maybe our trials are going to be a little bit, a little bit different. And I guess my trial of just waiting upon the Lord for visas and things like that is, is not quite, not nearly as bad as the kind of trials that some of these folks in these churches faced. But I don't know what you're facing tonight. Just a word of encouragement. And maybe my personal testimony that extends back from 1985 when I responded to the gospel. I have known God's faithfulness. And it's not me. It's not something that I do or something that I qualify for, for myself, but it's His grace that is lavished out upon us. And so perhaps for somebody tonight, if you're going through a trial and you don't know what tomorrow faces, sometimes maybe there's a big change in your life. Cramming into that little motor, into that motor car and heading out cross the continent somewhere. I don't know what it might be. But God is faithful in all he does. So often I'm reminded, and I shared with people from time, if we're going to have a testimony about our Lord Jesus Christ, it's good to have a testimony about what happened 
I think it was May, June 1985 when I responded to Jesus Christ. But, you know, my testimony can't end there. It's got to be, what is God saying to me in this week? What has he said to me in these last couple of weeks? And that's maybe just a bit of it. And now we have arrived in Sunderland and we are blessed and our cup is running over. And God has been so good to us in so many different ways. And that those moments of trusting him. Those moments of just taking the next step, even if we don't, the next bit of paperwork, the next box, that yes, we now know. We knew it, but now we've seen the fulfillment of God's faithfulness. And for us, as we walk together as a church, I believe that God has placed us here for a time and hour, and we don't know what tomorrow is going to face. God has placed us here in what obviously is potentially a changing environment and much need for the gospel. And maybe there's going to be challenges for us together as believers here. The church of Jesus Christ faces new frontiers in the postmodern world. And we're going to need to take steps of faith together. And together tonight we can know that God is faithful. And when we go through those difficulties... We must understand that he's refining us. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes and even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honor when Christ is revealed. I'm reminded of the illustration of the silversmith. He's got a long iron spoon, the old and they'll put the ore into the spoon and you'll put it into the hottest point of the fire. And what would happen is that the silver would start to melt. And then the, the stuff, the rock and the impurities would float to the top and they need to be burnt off. And the only way that the silversmith knew that the silver in this iron spoon was pure is when he looked into the very center of the fire and he's looking deep into that. And the moment he can see his reflection in that, he knows it's pure. And it's kind of like that for you and I. That our faith is pure when Christ can see his reflection in us. And that's the process that he takes us through in life. I trust that in some way that God has, by his grace, enabled this little lad from Bulawayo to encourage somebody tonight. Thank you. So tonight I'm going to open up my book and start at chapter one. I should have gone first because listening to Paul has made me a bit emotional. (laughs) Um, I'll just get over that though. Um, So chapter one in my book is, I grew up in a home where mom and dad, mom was an amazing woman. She loved the Lord Jesus. I can still see her sitting at her kitchen table with the Bible open at like five o'clock in the morning because she, she would have a quiet time and she would have her prayer time early in the morning 
because she had five other children who would be waking up soon and she would be getting them ready for school and sending them off. So she was really dedicated. And um, she was the one who would encourage us to go to church. She would encourage us in our faith. She would, um, she would always be there. She would be the strong one in the family. She would, she would always be there. Dad, on the other hand, he was a hard worker. He used to work on the mines, um, the gold mines. And um, so um, he would also go off early in the mornings, come back home late at night. And um, so his life wasn't always easy. It was a bit tough for Dad. And so over weekends, Dad used to take a lot of relief in, in, in drinking. Um, so he, he used to find his relief in, in alcohol. And so things used to get a little bit tough. And so when weekends came along, you knew, okay, it's going to get a little bit interesting. Um, so during the week, things was fine because he, need to be, he needed to be um, good for work. And, and he was, and he was very faithful. He, he, he would never skip work. He, he would always um, be on time. And um, he, was a, he was a really hard worker. And, um, but when it was weekends or Christmas times, we knew, uh-oh, you don't want to put a foot in the wrong direction. You want to be nice and quiet. You don't want to make too much noise because things could get a little bit out of hand if you do. So, so that, that was the, the kind of environment that, um, that we grew up in. And, and that was the way of life. And we didn't question it. Um, so we used to go to church um, on Sundays. I used to go to the youth groups. I used to do what everybody else used to do, and, and that's just the way it was. And I remember uh, I went to a holiday Bible club. I was probably, I would say, around about five or six at the time, and um, that's where I gave my heart to Jesus. And um, I, I can still remember, I can remember the occasion, and um, it, was, it, was, um, it was a special time. And... Um, Things in my life didn't change dramatically. Um, there wasn't much in my life to change, but I knew that I had salvation um, at that stage. Um, and I just went on about life and, you know, grew up and with, my, with my siblings and the way life was at home. I didn't question anything until I became a teenager. And then I started looking around at my friends. And I noticed, hang on, something's a little different. Mom and dad don't always fight. Mom and dad do things together. And all these things I started noticing. And suddenly in my heart, I was starting, hmm, bitterness started creeping in. Anger started creeping into my heart. And all these things started filling into my heart. And I was, I was still going to church. I still love Jesus, but on the inside, I was starting to feel dead. Like that relationship with Jesus wasn't quite as vibrant as it was beforehand. And um, I remember there was a stage where I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to mix with the other Christians. I just wanted to be on my own. I wanted to do my own thing, but I still went because I didn't want my mom to think that there was something wrong because she had enough worries of her own. 
So I just wanted to pretend everything was okay, but on the inside, I was dying. But the Lord was gracious, and he was merciful, and he had his eye on me. There was a camp, a youth camp, and it was run by Youth for Christ, in fact. And um, I had the opportunity of going there. I didn't want to go. But my friends said, oh, come on, it's going to be fun. And you know, there's this boy that you like, and he's going to be there. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to go. It wasn't Paul. I didn't know Paul at that stage. <laughs> so, and um, anyway, so I went on the camp. And the very first night, God had an appointment with me. Because there was a young, a young man. He stood up, and he gave his testimony. And it was like he was speaking my life. He spoke about how his dad was an alcoholic, how his dad had beat his mom, how there was fighting, how there was this and this and this, but how God had helped him. And I was just, I was in shock because I was like, how did you know? Who told you? And, and God spoke into my heart. And afterwards, I, I went to, to the leaders and I spoke to them about what had been happening in, in my family and where I was with God and they, they prayed with me and I had the opportunity of rededicating my life to God and I had this weight just lift off over off my shoulders and I felt so light. <coughs> Sorry. And um and so yeah it was just it was just so amazing. And so when I went back home, situations didn't change. Dad was still the same. My heart had changed because now I could pray for dad. Now, when, when things were going crazy, I still had hope because I knew that I had a heavenly father and he was there for me and that I could speak to him and that I could go to him at any time and that he was going to comfort me and he was going to put his arms around me and he was going to tell me, Michelle, going to be okay. I love you no matter what. And so I had found my hope and I had found my comfort in Jesus again. And, and if I think back and if I think, wow, if I didn't go on that camp, where would I have been? What would have happened to me? What would my life had been like if it were not for the grace of God? I know I definitely would not be here today. And I think from, from that time onwards, um, yeah, things I had, after that, my relationship with my dad had changed quite a bit. Um, as I say, I was able to pray for him. I, I loved my dad. I really did, despite the things that he had done. And um, yeah, even just before he, he passed away, um, we, we had some really good times together, and I thank the Lord for that, that there's no, there's no bitterness, and I don't have to carry that baggage um, along with me because it's all been dealt with, and Jesus has taken that away, and, and I'm free from all of that because, it's, because Satan can so easily bind us with, with all of that and um, take our joy away from us. Um, and so I, I really do... Praise the Lord um, for that. And because of, 
of the situation that I had been through in my teenage years, I had the amazing opportunity of going to, um, I, after school, I went on a mission team. Um, the, the Lord, yeah, mir also miraculously um, called me on, onto, a, onto a mission team, and I was, I was able to travel around South Africa and, and spread the word, spread the gospel. My, my idea and my thoughts were to go, come to the UK and to come in a pair and all of that and then study occupational therapy, but God had other plans, clearly. Um, and, but I went on a mission team and I was able to minister to young people. And there were so many young teenagers who were going through exactly the same thing. And I remember the first time I spoke, I yeah, was able to share my testimony with them. How many of them broke down and they were like, like, like the way that I felt, like who told you? Like how did you know? And God had used that. And I was able to, in some small way, by God's grace, been able to minister into their lives. And, and, I, and I thank God for that. And so no matter what, what you have been through and the situations that you found yourself in or are finding yourself in, God can use it. If you, if you take that and you say, Lord, here it is. It's, it's broken pieces. It's a mess. It's ugly. But if you take it, you can make something beautiful from it. And I know that he has done it with my life. And I know and I am convinced that he can do the same and if not more with your life and with, with the people that you come in contact with. So don't let our enemy rob you. Don't let him steal your joy or your peace or even your faith for that matter. Let God take it and let him use it for his glory. And so, and, the, and there's, there's so much more. That's only chapter one. And I've got like so many chapters, right? But I won't, I won't go down that road. <laughs> um, Lamentations chapter three, verse 23. And I think my glasses are a bit steamy, so I can't see. Verse 21. No, from verse 19, actually, it says this. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. He is faithful. Thank you.